The Ectoplasm Show is brought to you by North KC's Big Rip Brewing Company. Lighten up dark matter, have a craft beer. Welcome to the first on-the-road episode of the Ectoplasm Show. Might start doing more of these. I think it's a pretty good idea. Hopefully it sounds good enough. I won't know. We should have tested it beforehand, I guess. <laughs> but uh, welcome to the Ectoplasm Show. I'm Jason, as you know. I got Brad in the car with me. We'll get to him in just a minute. He's going to start being on the show a little bit more. But first, I want to mention, go to podbelly.com. That's our network. Go check out all the different shows on there, like uh, Sofa King Podcast and Art Jacob to America and a bunch of other ones. And go to ectoplasmshow.com. You can find a link to podbelly.com on there. You can find all of our social media accounts. You can listen to the podcast on there. You can become a patron. So we're re formatting Patreon. It's now going to be, there's going to be three different levels rather than several different levels. But really the level you want to be a part of is the $8 a month level, the ectoplasm or ecto plus level, which you'll get an exclusive episode, at least one every month with me and Josh doing paranormal news. That's the only way we're going to put it on a paranormal news episode anymore is through our ecto plus on Patreon. I'm working on it so that it'll be in our normal feed. You'll just have to sign in. That might take a little while. I'm not sure how to do that, but I'm working on it. Another thing that I just added and Brad will be contributing to and Josh and and Larry will be contributing to is a monthly physical newsletter that will be mailed out to all the patrons that are Ecto Plus patrons. And I like the old school, like, conspiracy rag kind of underground nature aspect to it. It'll be fun. It'll be a printed copy of exclusive content once a month. And I'm pretty sure because of the size and the weight of it, I'll be able to ship it to most of the people around the world, not just the United States. I'm going to work on figuring that out over the next few days, but the first issue will go out on November 1st, so if you want to get in on that and get in on the first issue, go to patreon.com, find Ectoplasm Show, and sign up. It's only eight bucks a month. There will be two. There are two other levels of our Patreon. There's a dollar a month level, where you're just supporting the show, and you're a meat mate of the show, and it's just a dollar a month. You'll get a shout out on the show, and we may send you some sticker packs and stuff here and there. But it's really just you. Know, thanks for the dollar a month. That that would be great. The other level, which I am. Uh, keeping around selfishly 
is the Doctor's Minions level, where you get a t-shirt with my face on it. So if you want to be a very exclusive member, you can uh, become a Doctor's Minion. And there are a few Doctor's Minions out there with my... They got a t-shirt with my face on it. Anyways. Now it's time to introduce Brad. Who is... I, I've known Brad for probably 12 years now. Uh, at least. At least. Yeah. Around there. Uh, he's been a part of my team. When I had an active team going. And we've investigated a lot. And since Josh can't make every episode anymore, I decided to bring in some of my friends to do the show with me. So... How does it feel to be on the show, Brad? Fantastic. It's uh, honestly so nice to be reconnected, you know. As we get older, you know, sometimes life pulls us in different directions. And uh, honestly, it's just great to be back, hanging out. Uh, I don't know, just kind of taking this trip with you. Yeah, we're on we're on a road trip to a paranormal wedding. Well, it's not a paranormal wedding, but it's a paranormal friend getting married. <laughs> uh, I'd like to congratulate Jason Roberts on getting married today and we're on the way down there so that's that's pretty cool we're gonna do some fun stuff after the wedding too paranormal wise yeah what what do you got planned well we'll just see we're gonna explore but I wanted to introduce you to the listeners I I kind of just gonna randomly ask you questions like What was your first paranormal experience that you can remember? Oh, boy. So, um, you know, actually, we talked about this uh, a long time ago. Um, My first paranormal experience was actually when I was around 10, 11, 12. Uh, I was being babysit. Uh, uh, Let me set this up. Um, I'm from the middle of nowhere, Missouri, um, down by Walden Grove, little house on the prairie. So, BFE. And uh, I was being babysit by uh, an 18-year-old kid, and it was myself, uh, two sisters, and then his two sisters, and we were all walking down a dirt road, and we come across a, what looked to be some type, right around, I don't know, 1920s, 1940s, old, uh, uh, I guess you would call it manor. Um, It was run down, no windows. Uh, but you could tell it was money at some some time. They, they actually had an in-ground fountain in the front yard. Um, and you could see remnants of an old wrought iron gate. Uh, someone, yeah, spent a lot of money. Uh, long and the short, though, uh, we're walking down this dirt road right before, I don't know, dusk or so. And uh, we all look over. And it wasn't just me that, that experienced this. All, all five of us uh, did... Uh, the lights come on inside this place and and we heard piano music and the 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 initial thought when you know my 10 11 year old mind was okay there's someone inside the house trying to renovate it basically and um you know we kept walking probably another five ten steps and and i recall looking back and the music had stopped and all the lights were off there was no vehicle sitting in the in the driveway and uh for the life of me i can't remember the babysitter's name but i even said something uh, to him about you know where did the people go or something like that and then very quickly anxiety building all of us 
and uh, we ended up sprinting down the road probably a good quarter half mile to uh, the babysitter's house and uh, yeah we locked ourselves in there and he actually grabbed a shotgun and went back outside and uh, he didn't shoot I don't believe or anything but yeah he, had, he was even uh, scared I, I remember that clearly um, very very impression uh, impressionable moment I wonder in my if life. we can get back to that house it's probably gone by now huh I would assume I would assume that it probably fell down I, I the the area that it's uh, at is actually uh, Dadeville Missouri uh, outskirts of a town of I don't know maybe 500 and uh, I, I do know where it's at um, so yeah that's what we should we might look into that yeah we really should because uh, I haven't been back there and I, even right now it's kind of getting a little little chills there so that'd be that'd be fun so you've been you were a member of my group what was the most memorable thing from our heyday as the group that just pops into your head first thing the most uh, memorable it could be something that was scary that happened to you something that was fun something that we did somewhere we went what was the most memorable thing just that comes off the top of your head i i would say the conferences honestly yeah um and and honestly that that or uh, you know the very first building you ever introduced me to so maybe maybe I should explain that so sure I've never I've never uh, to kind of put this in context I you know I I never had a necessarily an interest in the paranormal especially investigating or or documenting anything and um, through a mutual friend Jason and I met um, I worked with a with another kid and and he hooked me up with Jason and I told Jason the the story you guys just heard, and uh, you know, ever since then it's just been you know we kind of hit it off, and then on top of that, you know, my curiosity exploded, and then you fast forward to the question you just asked, you know, most memorable, obviously the conferences because we get to meet a plethora of uh, awesome people, and which and, we're not doing anymore. Well, well, we're not. But <clears throat> I'm not doing anymore, anyways. It opened it opened up bigger opportunities, it is, yeah. you know, and. And, and I think that's what I think about the most is how exciting it is, you know, every time we're together. Um, but as far as the paranormal, um, the very first building you introduced us to um, was the camera that, you know, empty building on a heavy tripod that, yeah. you know, rocked back and forth twice before being Little pushed over. The schoolhouse. Yeah, that's right. A block from where we work. <laughs> yeah, it's insane. And every time I still pass that building, I think about that. So, yeah. I still have that video. I'll have to put it back out there. I pulled it back because I want to re-release everything. But we had wired cameras running throughout the building, and we were all out of the building. And you can see from another camera the light shift in the back of the building. And what it is is the other camera in that frame lifted up and turned and set itself back down it was it was a, it's it's actually an incredible piece of footage because you know the first thing that you know bounces through someone's mind you know someone you know touched it someone was in there stepped on the cord there was nobody in the building and we can actually show that it'd be neat to see it side by side actually of the two different camera angles just to show you know 
I, me being an agnostic, I'm not necessarily a skeptic. I don't know what to say about that. That's that's something that you know I couldn't even explain. So yeah, it's uh, one of those things. <laughs> what is the the place that you liked investigating the most? Well, you know, we didn't actually. There, there, there's two places that instantly pop into my mind. The Masonic Lodge that you got us into for the last year of the conference. That was incredible, but yeah. um, I didn't actually get a chance to really investigate that necessarily. Um, we did do a, a private tour for a couple people, but uh, honestly, Coffeeville, the the Coffeeville Mansion, the Brown Mansion, the Brown Mansion, the that's what it was. Bill. Yeah, we're, not, we're gonna be pretty close to there today, actually. See, and, uh, we go drive by it. I, th I think I'm pretty sure it's in between where we are and Wichita. Um, yeah, I think we're gonna be very close to it. Well, see, and I don't, you know, and I don't know what it was because we've been in what Lee Summit. You had the keys to Lee Summit Mansion for a while, basically. Oh, you mean Longview Mansion? Longview, yeah, yeah. the Longview Mansion, and it's incredibly beautiful. And there's been some odd stuff there too, obviously. But unfortunately, people have ruined that place for paranormal investigators. Yeah, yeah, it's <laughs> the heyday, right? Yeah, I mean. Being able to stay over that for an entire weekend, um, you know, full equipment, cameras, investigators. I mean, it's, there's something eerie about falling asleep in uh, a place that seemingly paranormal stuff has happened and uh, trying to sleep through the night, uh, as you well know. So, <laughs> yeah, it's interesting. What, um, what, before we recorded, Brad and I started talking about some stuff that I'm thinking about coming up and some of my ideas about some new projects I'm going into or we're going into. What what do you feel about UFOs and aliens? Um, how do you feel about that kind of thing? Does it scare you? Um, Other than the... We could get into it in a little bit. Actually, let's... First off... We're not that far. We're probably going to stop in there from the last time you and I experienced some UFO activity. Yeah. Um, it's probably only 20 miles from where we're at at the moment. Um, tell tell them about that ex that night. Man, so the the so we we were able to find this location that he's talking about that we're where we are right now. Actually, uh, it had a very low light pollution. You yep. know, and. Uh, so this is why we were there, and uh, we would we ended up right literally up on the road. side of a gravel road yeah. in somebody's farm. Yeah, like the, the road was public, so we weren't trespassing, but we we just parked on the side of this gravel road and got out of lawn chairs. Yeah, and uh, I mean literally, that's how many people you know were there, and, and you know there was a f what a house or a farm house anyway. Not from where we where we could see, but there was one on the other side of the road, like farther like, down the road. Like a mile and a half or so. But less uh, than that, but yeah. Yeah. So you know, we're able basically the important part of that is you're able to tell the difference between stuff that's orbiting and that should be there, like space stations, satellites, whatever. Obviously planes are much lower. But what what we seen that night, uh, and you were able to catch it on camera a little no. bit, no? Mm -hmm. And see, that's unfortunate. We, I, I wish we had some, uh, some way of catching that one because it was really weird the way it was, uh, 
I don't know. I, I don't understand how something could move that fast. Well, there was that, and there was the other ones that there was five. They looked like satellites, right? Yeah, yeah. And they, they were traveling across the sky towards the southeast. And they looked like satellites, like a group of satellites. They weren't the Starlink. They weren't in a line. They were in a like a bunched pattern. Yeah. There wasn't even a pattern. They were just randomly in a group traveling across the sky. But two of them stopped. Yeah. We yeah. watched them. Two of them stopped, and there was that flash that came down from one. That weird flash. Yeah. And that that's lit, what I was it hoping. didn't lit up. They lit up anything, but it was almost like a cone of light that came down that flashed right at us yeah but then two of them stopped and we didn't see them ever move again no they just started they just looked like stars from that point on yeah they just sat there and it's really weird because perspective right so you know i'm the type of person i'm thinking okay they changed directions where they're moving directly away from us but no they they didn't fade you know away well satellites as far as we know our technology that that we're aware of aware. who knows what they actually have satellites can turn but not at a 90 degree turn they yeah. can't stop and turn but these just stopped they physically stopped where they were and the other three just kept going yeah it it, it was strange and at, at first we, i thought they were connected somehow you know you know in a, in a weird way because yeah. it wasn't like they were i it's hard to describe here but it, it wasn't like um they were rotating like on a single axis i should say like all joined together yeah they were just moving across the sky together yeah and it, it like jason said it was a weird pattern that wasn't a pattern it, they were just bunched together it, it was interesting and when the two stopped that's when yeah that's when it was the, right after one, one the one flashed two of them stopped this was all within 90 seconds and then i don't, I don't you, you didn't see it but both larry and i saw a shadow of a human figure on the ground next to us. See, and that, yeah, I didn't get to see that. All within 90 seconds that happened. And well, and I think I actually got up to walk over to make sure it wasn't the fence post. And yeah, it wasn't the fence post for sure. Uh, it was much, much shorter. Because Larry than saw it standing right next to him. It was full height of a person. And I saw it run behind the car, which we were sitting right next to. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Sitting on a cooler. I think Larry was on a cooler and we were in a couple chairs and. So do you think that that could have been connected, or is it two different things? Or what do you, if you had to explain that scenario, not saying that that's what you believe, but if you had to explain at this time what you thought happened to us that night, what do you think happened? What did we see in the sky and on the ground? Well, and I, I guess it kind of depends if. Uh... It depends on who I'm explaining it to, and and this is if I'm being bluntly truthful, I don't think it was any technology that we're aware of, right? That human technology. Mm -hmm. um, but if I was explaining this to somebody that I knew, you know, would think yeah I was crazy and could impact my life, I suppose it would be uh, you know light. Well, that's none of these. None of our listeners will do that. So explain it to them what you think it is. I honestly, so I honestly think it was either highly advanced technology that we've created or something more. Now the shadow, the shadow was the interesting part because I didn't even get to see it. But if they are connected, that's crazy. Um, 
Well, there's a lot of weirdness with UFO stuff. It's not just seeing lights in the sky. There's intimidation factors of people that see it. Mm-hmm. There's, uh, I think that there, if there, if the two are connected in any way, we may have saw something, and the thing on the ground was, even if it wasn't real, if it was like say something that popped into existence where we were, created by what we saw, it would be an intimidation to not go back there. Yeah, well, right. And well, and I was even thinking, what if, uh, what if whatever we saw was exactly that, a projection, you know, from these things, but to distract us from what we were seeing. Yeah, because, I mean, it made Larry jump up and run around, and we stopped looking at the sky for a few minutes. Absolutely, and I got up to, you know, like I said, to go make sure it wasn't something else that we had in our peripheral, you know, in the darkness. So, yeah, if if that was the case and it was trying to distract us, it would almost make sense, um, at least to the point of, you know, nobody got touched or anything. It just wanted us to put attention on that versus what we were looking at. I mean, it's a theory, but, you know. So, the, after that, the, my original question. Um. Do you, uh, what do you think of UFOs overall? Do you lean towards human creations that we don't know about? Or, sorry, not getting pulled over, but we're getting a cop behind us. Um. Or do you think that they come from outside of the planet? Well, you know, and as far as the crafts and, and the, the experiences that we're seeing as UFOs, um, I think UFOs are very real because they're just objects that are unidentifiable. Right? Sure, I mean the Pentagon has officially come out and said that there are things in the sky that they don't know what they are. Right. That could be a lie, of course, but they officially have stated that there are things in the sky that they don't know what they are now yeah and with capabilities apparently well we won't admit to having yeah um but honestly no so i think it was hawking that it finally came out said you know it's a mathematical certainty that there's life other places in in the universe that we know of already and it could be infinite for all we know um so yeah i i believe that there's other life uh my my biggest hang up with um this technology being alien would be why something that would be so advanced would have any interest in us you know um, maybe they're not as interested in humans maybe just resources maybe it all depends on if you believe the abduction scenarios <clears throat> even with the abduction scenarios it could be that well, we might as well test on these creatures that are on this planet that we're here for anyways. I mean, we test on animals all the time. Yeah, yeah. and I mean, uh, maybe you're right. Like ant farms, we we cage and dom- domesticate animals for, for our own enjoyment. So, I mean, that would make sense. Um, yeah, um, and, and who knows that this might be a 15-minute car ride for them, you know, splitting, you know, black holes who knows but uh yeah i i could see either possibility being almost just as strong i mean especially with the government now coming out you know disclosing what they have lately um of course 
I, I what can you trust from the government? I don't but, trust anything. Yeah, I don't. Our uh, listeners know that about me. <laughs> yeah, and I'm the same way. I, I think I think you uh, you need to be skeptical when it comes to. It's their motivation that I've questioned. Yeah. Why, why tell us? It's not for the good of the people. And there was nothing really new exposed except them saying... Not new to the, the people in the field. Right, right. Other than it is the first time they've officially acknowledged it. That is new. But it, it doesn't... It does, they, didn't, they haven't released anything that's new to the field. Right. Right, and, and and that's that's again goes back to motivation, right? So, what what would be the motivation of uh, such things? Unless unless they uh, they're starting to uh, fly human technology, you know, closer or, or it's being seen more, perhaps, yeah. and they're trying to. Yeah. Well, I mentioned on the way down here that there was a new book out about Skinwalker Ranch that has Harry Reid as the foreword, and it's come out that. Most of these UFO programs that have been given money aren't actually UFO programs. They're weapons programs that deal with space in the study of these possible UFOs. So it's more about weapons, of course, like everything. But I promised all of our listeners that we weren't going to get political on the show anymore. So that's where we're going to draw the line yeah. going down that path for the time being. Yeah. Well, and I, I will say this, though. Um, the good news, uh, in a way, um, if you want to believe in, uh, uh, you know, that our government's actually putting effort into the alien search and, 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 and question, um, everything typically starts with a weapons program if, it, if it's legitimate, you know? Yeah. So, you know, for those that are hoping that, uh, yeah, that we're actually taking it seriously, um, yeah, that's that's a good sign, in my opinion. So are you uh, you ready to get back out and look for more UFOs? Yeah, yeah. I mean, uh, it's kind of crazy because when I went with you, uh, you know, here last time, you know, I, I kind of figured it'd be like our paranormal investigations, where you know you could spend ninety nine days and only have one day with any activity, and for. The, for us to see and, and experience what we did the very first time I went, you know, it's kind of like, you know, the first place you took us. Sure. I'm hooked. You know, it's it's. I can say it has been a little weird that I've done a handful, probably a, maybe a dozen, where I actually had the intention of going out and looking and watching the sky, and I'd say probably every time. And, I, and I'm not saying there are alien UFOs flying around, but I'd say it, pretty much every single time I saw something that in my experience I can't explain. Some light or something, there's stuff up there that's moving in a way that I don't have an explanation for. And I've seen it every time that I've gone out. And I don't, it's not just me, it's the people with me too. So I, I don't know, I'm, maybe I'm just lucky. Maybe people don't do that, do what we do on that sense. I mean, how often do you really look at the sky anyways? Well, well, yeah, and even if you wanted to, so where we live, obviously, it's not LA or something, but the yeah. light pollution, like. Yeah, KC. Yeah, there's no way that, you know, 
I've actually tried on a clear night. You go out, um, you know, you shut off your porch light or something, you look up and you, you just can't see anything. And you don't really realize how much more you can see until you get out in the middle of nowhere. And uh, I mean, I know we have a lot of listeners that live out. I, I, some that I know personally. Yeah. They live out and probably do that. I, I, I actually, honestly, I don't ever... I don't have any solid beliefs on anything paranormal, but I do think that I personally, there's a reason why I see this stuff and experience all the paranormal stuff I've done throughout my entire life where somebody who's not like that might sit there and look at the sky every night and not see anything. So you're thinking like a, like a bias situation, cognitive? I don't, I don't think it's that. I think... I think if I had to be honest that I'm selected in some way. Yeah, yeah. And I don't know what that selection is or why. I don't think I'm special in that, but I think that there's a reason why I've experienced. I mean, my first experience was when I was seven years old, and it was a UFO. So, yeah. And then I got into the other aspects of the paranormal field, and now I'm going back to what I first experienced yeah. with that. So I think that there's something about the individual, too. Well, and... Did you have you ever uh, told the story about the Colorado UFO? Uh, that uh, I, I you have, have, yeah, and that that one's incredible to me. Um, yeah, the pyramid, the pyramid, and it was spinning, spinning, yeah, yeah. It's like a like an upside down. That was cradle. when I was eighteen. For the listeners, that I mean, I, we've been going for eight years and have four hundred episodes, so I expect <laughs> so, everybody to have heard every episode. So. When I was 18, I went out to Denver, lived in Denver for a while, going to school. I didn't have a lot of money, of course, so I would go park, go drive into the mountains, park on the side of the road and go hiking. I probably was on private property half the time. I don't know. I would just do that. <laughs> That's the kind of shit that I do. I, I'm at the base of, of who I am through everything that I do from the paranormal to the outdoors is I'm an explorer. That's exactly, that's how I've been able to define myself. So that's something that I did a lot when I was out there in Denver. I'd just go drive. I had enough money for gas. I'd go drive into the mountains, park on the side of the road, and go hike into the mountains. Yeah. And gas was less than a dollar a gallon then. Oh, that's perfect. So, yeah. <laughs> anyways, one of those times I was hiking out there, and I was hiking along a ridge. And I just, I didn't have anything with me. I had a cell phone with me, but I didn't have a camera on it. Yeah. I mean, it was 19, or it was 2000. 2000 or the end of the year 2000 back when razors were big yeah i think i probably <laughs> had a razor maybe good old motorola but, uh, I, think I, I don't know <laughs> i don't know what phone i had i clearly didn't have the thought to grab it if it did have a camera but i was hiking along a ridge up a ridge and i saw this probably 10 miles away i i don't it wasn't close i couldn't hear it but it was a pyramid of mirrors that gave off a like ref and it wasn't like a it wasn't a pure mirror it was more of like a a hazy mirror like it was reflecting the light like a brushed aluminum kind of yeah rather than a reflection of what was around it but it, it was slowly spinning and slowly moving across the sky it was in the shape of a pyramid and I watched it for a good five minutes, probably, move across the sky. It wasn't moving fast, but it wasn't moving slow. I didn't really have much of a reference. I was just sitting there watching it. 
and it slowly moved off where it went around the side of my view on the mountain and I couldn't see it anymore. Yeah. But I haven't seen... I've looked to see if other people had saw it and reported it. I haven't found anything. And I, I've only found a few reports out there of, around the world of anything similar. And I actually found a couple years ago... Are you familiar with the Rendlesham Forest case? Yes, yeah, yeah, over there in uh, Britain. There are some reports that some of the soldiers saw pretty much exactly what I saw there. Well, and that's what, when you told me that story, because I haven't heard of any pyramids or or uh, uh, what anything close to that shape. Uh-huh. Um, and when you said that, and it, knowing it's you, you know, it's, I take your word as gold because it is, and... I, you know, I didn't make the connection until you just said that. But, yeah, you know, I've watched a few documentaries on Rendlesham, actually. Um, yeah, it's quite incredible. Yeah, it was given off, like, rainbow effect around it. But not, like, crazy, like, hippie, druggy kind of rainbow blast. It was just the way it was reflecting the light gave off a rainbow hue to it. Um, kind of like water when you see it, like, from a... Uh, when you're watering your grass or something, that little kind of. I mean, haze. it was just on the surface of it. it was kind of rainbowish. Wow, that's interesting. I... And yeah, it was. You know, the the base was like it was just like a pyramid on the ground. The base it wasn't spinning in any way other than it had the base and the top part that was shaped as a pyramid was spinning as it went across the sky. Which I don't know how it could have been some kind of propulsion the way it was moving. It had to be some kind of magnetic or gravity-defying something to keep it in place. Because it wasn't like... Because the way it was moving, if it was was what we use as rocketry or jet engine pushing it, it it would have spun away from that. Like, the way... Yeah, I don't know how it was moving. Yeah, and and it... You know, obviously I'm not an engineer of any kind, but... uh, yeah, I don't know how a pyramid would gain or lose lift uh, in any shape or form, uh, spinning or not. So <laughs> that's interesting. Uh, I don't know if I could find that spot again. I know it was just, it was probably 45 minutes. It was, it was north of Estes Park. I mean, I could probably get close to where it was, but I don't know. I mean, it's, that was 20 years ago. You know, it'd be it'd be incredible if you found the spot, let alone seen it again. Well, and I had also... So I had hiked it a dozen other spots before that and a dozen other spots after that. So now, after 20 years, yeah. I couldn't even remember where I would have started for that particular one. Yeah, and that's that's crazy. And it, Well, and the thing is with Estes, though, I mean, that's right around, uh, you know flight lanes for a lot of different military bases going back to our original I mean it is and but so the 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 highways into Estes don't go north of Estes you have to go out to the foothills and go north and go back in so it wouldn't have been going up to Estes and going north it would have been going up to like Fort Collins and going into the mountains ah 
That's interesting, though. It, it really is interesting. Well, the Air Force is all over Colorado. Yeah. And NORAD and, and everything else, so. That's exactly what I was thinking, is that entire saturation of uh, possibility there. And it know. was to the west of the Continental Divide. By gut feel, do you think it was our tech or, huh. or something else? I... I know you're 18, and... 20 years ago, but... Well, so let's see. We, around that time, I don't remember exactly what year, but it was in the 90s that they presented the stealth bomber to the world, really, like, made a public thing. Yeah. Where they had been working on it for decades. Yeah. So people had seen it. So, So, we're close to the time where if that was a new tech, it would be starting to come out. But I haven't seen barely any other reports so maybe it was a one-time tech like maybe they, they made it and they figured it didn't work for whatever they wanted to use it for so they didn't continue with it but it it was it was in the air yeah so. yeah it was there <laughs> i don't yeah. know i that's it's just incredible the shape because like a lot of people will say something similar you know well the, you know the stealth bombers are triangle and you know, even the 117, you know, uh, it looks otherworldly to this day. Uh, but none of those characteristics, I mean, you could tell they're planes. But even though the distance I was from it, I could clearly see the edges of the sides of the pyramid. And it was spinning. And the way it was spinning, yeah. the edges were defined that you could even see the, the edges as they were coming. Like, yeah, yeah. See, and that's, and, and, and that's, that's what... Basically, what I was saying, because uh, you know, it, obviously, when they were testing, say, say, you know, it was the B seventeen, one seventeen, or whatever, whatever that is, the one seventeen. Anyway, it didn't come straight out. I'm sure that when they were testing it, it wasn't painted exactly like it was when it was in service. I'm sure, you know, to disguise it, you know, you might paint it blue or brush aluminum, you know, just yeah. basic stuff as you're testing it. That would make sense if it was still our tech, but. Again, I, the propulsion, the lift, all of that would have to yeah. be figured out by something other than traditional and aeronautics. That's, for, that's, you know, that's just assuming that it's a nuts and bolts item. Exactly. That it's not something that we can't even fathom. Or something even like interdimensional, yeah. kind of fluid, kind of, I don't know. Peeling back the veil of, uh, you know, the fifth dimension. Who, who there, knows? I, I've stopped trying to explain these things yeah. to myself for a long time yeah. now, well before I even started the show, or I started being on the show. So, let's see. Let's see how long we've been going. Oh, we got a good 40 minutes in here, so why don't we go into a little bit about... What are some things that really interest you that you want to dive into and talk about on the show? Um, that maybe the listeners can look forward to us possibly getting into on future episodes. Well, uh, you know, we were talking about uh, maybe in the future uh, doing something with uh, consciousness. Yes. And uh, kind of exploring every avenue possible and... Uh, I don't know if you want to... I don't want to talk about that too much detail at the moment. Um, how about... But we could talk about... You, you, 
I mean, mentioning that we want to explore the origins of consciousness in many different ways is yeah. saying basically what I asked you to talk about anyways. Uh, bring up something that you're interested in getting into. Yeah, uh, well... But know, as far as, like, individual topics that we might talk about, because the show, it has to, like, go through a bunch of different types of things from anything, anywhere from a conspiracy... And we're going to try to keep it old school conspiracy for a while because I don't want to get into recent yeah. political stuff. To Bigfoot. I mean, in anything. What What's some topics that you would like to get into? Um, honestly, the, the first major thing, um, I, I would like to, to re-explore uh, 9-11. Honestly. Yeah. Um, there's so many questions that, you know. Well, we just had the 20th anniversary for it. Exactly. There was all kinds of... Well, and and there's new information actually. Uh, so, and and that's for another show, I'm sure. But uh, you know, it's it's been a while. It's been several years since we did a 9/11 episode, so it was probably time to to do that again for sure. Absolutely, and and I just you know, it's one of those things that we shouldn't let go of because this this is something we have plenty of physical evidence and and beyond. So. This is something that's uh, less this of a conspiracy. This is a cool town we're in right now. Yeah. I don't think I've ever been through this town. What town is this? Neodesha. Neodesha. At least that's what the sign says, Neodesha. Oh, man, they're having... Oh, uh, they're having a little, like... Block party. Block, yeah. This is really neat. We don't have time to stop. No, this is a good hometown feel, though. Grub and go, how about that? But anyways, back to the topic. Uh, yeah, so... It, the thing is with 9-11, it's, uh, it's got less to do for me as a uh, conspiracy more than an investigation uh, or lack of that we really ever had. So, um, yeah, uh, not only all the people and families that directly were affected by it, but people like me, you, out in the middle of Kansas when it was going down, um, you know, it, it scarred me. So I can only imagine, you know. And I think we all deserve the truth worldwide, really. So, uh, yeah, I'm excited to see that or kind of go into that with you. Uh, let's see. I, I'm excited about the, the blog, actually. There's there's a few you mean things. the newsletter? The newsletter. The monthly newsletter, and yeah. I And that's right. It was, uh, And that's the thing. It'll I, be... So I envision the newsletter being small topics. Yeah. Like, the, the individual columns will be something that... You're thinking about that day that you could go into a little bit, but it's not may, may not be enough for an entire show or 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 whatever stuff like this. It really, it's just whatever you want to write about. But um, I, I'm going to kind of use it as little things that I don't necessarily know if we can get into an entire show about. At least that's what I'm going to write about. And it's, well, yeah, and you know, I think I'm going to do something similar. In fact, uh, I, I was thinking. Um, uh, at least the first, the, the my first contribution will actually, it, it, images will aid in the explanation. Sure. And uh, that's something we can definitely do with a, with a physical newsletter. So I'm really interested in that. Um, and just down the line in general, um, I, I'm, I'm really interested in hooking back up with, uh, with Josh because uh, I've, I've missed him and uh, I've had several fever dreams about him and uh and uh 
yeah, you know, it, it's just great to kind of be back uh, with you and, and Josh and, and Larry, of course. Um, I don't know. Kind of feels like the old old days, but, but a little bit better, you know. So... All right, well, thanks, guys, for listening sticking around. We, I know we took that long break, but it doesn't seem like our listenership has really dropped off all that much. In fact, I think we've, we grew in that time that we took off, um, is seeming. But I hope you guys like that we're changing up some stuff with the show. Um, hopefully this episode sounds good enough. I'm going to obviously check it out before I put it out there, but if it, for whatever reason, doesn't sound great, but I've still put it out there, I will uh, try to figure out how to do it better next time, because this is the perfect time to do an episode while we're driving around. And before you uh, sign off or whatever, I I would just like to say, you know, thank you to all your fans and the Ectoplasm show, Um, and hopefully, you know, the meat mates can accept... uh, one more person huh so yeah i really appreciate it so thanks for having me on and if you guys want to be a meat mate out there go to patreon.com backslash ectoplasm show and join you can be a meat mate for as little as dollar a month but if you want to get ecto plus where you'll get exclusive episodes and videos which we're gonna you know just a little video tonight excellent um, ecto tv yeah ecto tv i like that Oh, it looks like they have the highway closed down. Oh, no. But, oh, there's an accident. But, yeah, go to ectoplasmshow.com to find all of our social media. Follow us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter. Follow us on Instagram. Everywhere else. Wave to the fire. To the firemen. And And, uh, Strange Paranormal. Well, yeah, you go to strangeparanormal.com, too. That's where we're going to be putting out some other stuff, but... I'm going to try to combine all of that. Oh, there's a car down in the ditch. Oh, yeah, he's way in there. Welcome to Spectator Ecto Show. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> Firefighters are getting into wow. it, too. Wow, yeah, he definitely went off. He was fishing, it looks like. Anyways, go to ectoplasmshow.com, go to podbelly.com, and go to bigrip.com. Do it. And uh, if you know Jason Roberts... Go congratulate him on his wedding. Congratulations, Jason.